Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. We have had a theme this month of um, talking to people from Centurion Ministries in Princeton, New Jersey, an innocence organization that helps to get people out of prison who are innocent. And now we have begun to speak with a client of Centurion, Larry Walker, and his daughter, Sharina Robinson. So we last time, I welcome you both back to the podcast. Last time we spoke of your trial um, and also talked about the different prisons that you were in and um, the, the impact on you, Sharina, you were just a, a toddler of about two and a half, you said. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to do is um, bring it forward because Larry, you were in prison for 38 very, very long years. So this is a huge span of your lifetime, Sharina. Mm -hmm. um, I would like you to tell us more about the impact on you. And also, um, did you get involved in helping to get your dad out of prison in any way? So yes, um, so this, the it was truly a, a big impact on me. Um, of course, my uh, beginning years, you know, growing up to see him, I really didn't know, you know, it was a prison. Um, it, you know, just being young, I, I didn't know it was a prison. I just thought I was visiting my father. So once I, once I got older and I was able to understand, you know, what was going on, you know, I wanted to know, well, why is he there? And, you know, why can't he come home? So, you know, they tried to explain it to me as best as they could. And um, it would be visits that I would go up. And before we would leave, I would um, ask the officer, can he come mm. home with us? You know, um, he, he's not guilty. And, you know, I would ask them, you know, can he leave with us? And they would try to explain to me and tell me, no, he can't. And, you know, um, of course, tears. I, I, I would cry every time I left. I just didn't understand why. Um, I still never understood as I got older as to why he was there because um, it just didn't, the judicial system just didn't make sense as to why the reason as to why they put him there. So it never really fully made sense for me. But as I got older, um, I educated myself. Um, I went to college. Um, I um, didn't pursue a career in law, but I did a minor um, as far as trying to get as many credits as I could to educate myself with um, our judicial system here in Pennsylvania. So once I was old enough to go out and be a, truly an advocate for him, um, I would know at least some of the layman terms, some of the terms that they use. So I you know, just would not be prepared for uh, what was next. So yes, I did work with this case. Um, I did rallies. I went and spoke to um, lawyers. Um, I hired private investigators. Um, I knocked on doors, I made shirts, I had masks. Um, I went down to the criminal justice building, which is um, where um, people are sent down to when they are going for trial. I went down and um, spoke to different individuals there. I went down there so much they thought I was a lawyer. <laughs> they, thought, they thought I was, they knew me on first name basis and thought I was a lawyer and would come down there and they would give me, you know, whatever information that they were legally able to give me at the time. Right. Um, I um, actually reached out to Centurion Ministry um, because they did have my father's case for 
a while and they typically don't have cases for a while. So um, I reached out to them to find out, you know, just the status of what's going on, if it was something that I can do. Mm -hmm. And um, they, you know, told me they didn't have this case at the time. So what happened was um, they asked me to send them information, which I did. And I sent them information and um, they were able to pull his file. So when they pulled this file, it kind of got stuck in between someone else's file, which wound up getting missed with oh. my father's case. So um, what they did is that they asked me to write a letter um, or whatever information that I came up with um, stating my father's innocence. And I gave them what I thought that I went out, like I said, spoke to uh, people in the neighborhood, got statements and everything. I took and gave them all the information that I put together. And then from there, they looked over all the information and took my father's case. Wow. So you were really um, a tremendous key player in uh, moving his case forward. Uh, that's incredible. How, how, how old would you say you were when you really got to work to try to do something? Um, I want to say probably around 20. I want to say about 20. I started, I got kind of discouraged a lot because I would call different lawyers and they would tell me, oh, it's going to take about, you know, 100,000 or 200,000 just to even, you know, look at his case because his case has been so old and, you know, it's not a lot of evidence. And, um, you know, I was asking, I wanted to see if a lawyer would take his case pro bono. And I just couldn't right. find any lawyers or, you know, um, I guess I reached out to the Innocence Project and they, you know, told me what their um, organization and how it worked and what was needed. And um, that kind of little discouraged me a little bit as well, but I never gave up. I never gave up. And once after Centurion took his case, that was it. But I also to help them out as well. I, you know, whatever they needed me to do, if they needed me to um, show them around the Philadelphia area, I did that. If they needed them for me to get in contact with the people that I spoke to, at um, the um, criminal justice building. I did that as well. That's fantastic. Um, what is your uh, what is your profession right now? So right now at this time, excuse me, right now at this time, I am a, a, pro, a provider coordinator at a Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So I nice. deal with all the providers and their schedules and getting everything situated for them. I see. Oh, wow. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, for the last 10 years. I see. All right. So um, when your dad, when it looked like he was going to be released, um, was that um, a given that he would come and live with you? Oh, yeah. It, it, there wasn't going to be any, <laughs> there wasn't no other place that he would go. Right. Um, I already told them, even if they wanted to set up for him to go somewhere, I was fighting. That's, unless he wanted to go, unless he wanted to go. Right, right. That's fantastic. And and uh, so often, um, from my experience, uh, it, it is a big issue as to where will the person getting out go and they don't always have a place to go no. so so i have i have interviewed a number of people who have re-entry organizations and help people find a place to go but fortunately your dad didn't need that so that was he was very very fortunate i'd like to also say that i'm truly thankful that i have my family support yes and have my daughter because like you said there's so many men and women when they come home from prison 
They don't have places to go. And, um, you know, I just would have been lost if I didn't have my family support and love, you know, that helped me to come home. You certainly would have, because in your case, the length of time that you were out of society made it even more important that you have uh, real support to help you make that transition back into into society, which which I, I definitely want to talk about. Um, I wanted just to ask you before we leave the the prison um, topic. How first of all, how many different prisons were you in? Again, how many I was in four different prisons. Four, yeah. um, and uh, in while you were in any of them, were there programs that were offered? to help you in any way, any positive programs? Yes, they had uh, just like, uh, they had uh, educational programs. They had uh, stress and anger, uh, re-entry programs, uh, which I was a part of. I was also uh, going to school for quite a few years. Uh, like I said, my um, I was basically illiterate when I came to prison. And I was going to school while I was in there to continue to try to help myself to better educate myself. Now, the school program in New York State, if you don't have a high school diploma, you must enroll in the school. Is that true in Pennsylvania? Yes, that's true. It's mandatory that you go to school and you have to have so many hours of completion uh, before you can get a job or I see. If you want to uh, participate in any uh, activities or gym or whatever, it's mandatory. You have to go to school. Have to go to school. Um, and also, I'm sorry to mention. No, go right ahead. To uh, mention, he was really big with um, the church facility. Yeah, I, that was my next oh, very sorry. next question. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. I I wanted to ask you if there was a church program and what was that? Yes, they had a chapel uh, uh, at Greatest Fort. They also had it at Chester and at Huntington. I was an usher uh, in the church. I was very active. Uh, my faith is what basically kept me going for many years uh, while I was incarcerated. And I was, um, you know, I just want to thank God, you know, without the Lord on my side, I don't think I would have made it, made it home, you know, or made it many years while I was in there. That's that's great. Uh, the um, there are some prisons that actually have a puppy program, puppies behind bars. Do you know about that? Yes, they had yeah. that in there. They had uh, what puppies. did they? Yes, and they also had um, uh, the puppies with the handkerchiefs around there for people that are uh, have disabilities. Right. And they train they train the dogs to open the doors. That's right. Uh, they train the dogs to uh, assist the, uh, the, the people that need the help. Right. They're, they're now um, training dogs to help um, our veterans <clears throat> coming back from Afghanistan who are experiencing post-traumatic stress. Now, yeah. I just want to also mention that was, sure. this wasn't up at Huntington, right? Uh, they had it there, but I was basically uh, seeing it more when I was down at Chester. at Chester. So my father wound up getting, so because of, since he never had a write-up or got into any trouble at them, because Huntington is a maximum state correctional institution. Mm -hmm. Because he never had any write-ups, he wasn't um, deemed um, a bad inmate, he was able to have the option of moving somewhere closer towards his family. So he was able to move to the state correctional institution oh. in Chester, 
which oh. is about maybe 15 minutes or so from me. Oh my so goodness. I was able to go visit him oh, more boy. often than what we did when we were up Huntington. Now from that prison there, there was this last year, was it last year? When we did the um the dinner? Yeah, so yeah. no, 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 there was two. Nineteen. So in June of 2019, this was the first year that they had um, the families to go into the prison and actually sit down and have dinner. I never for 38 years, I never sat down and had one dinner with my father. It was always um, fast food, like the mm -hmm. food from the vending machines. Right. Um, you know, tea. Delicious. Tea. Yeah, right. <laughs> but for this specific um, time, they started a program that they have the families to come into the actual prison and sit down for an actual dinner with the inmates. And I, I cannot tell you um, was was a blessing because I never experienced that before. And how long were you at that prison that was so very close uh, to uh, you? I was there for 15 years. Oh, so that was a plus that you yes. moved there. So yes. it wasn't that trek of hours and hours and hours. No. Mm -hmm. So so now um, you are back in the the uh, the the big world, I guess you could say, <laughs> greater society. And what has it been like for you to um, make that switch from prison life to life out here? Uh, truthfully, I've been. Uh, it's been very scary. Uh, it's been challenging. Uh, they have a lot of uh, everything is done on credit cards and computers and cell phones and so forth. So uh, it's been, you know, I've been trying to learn it as much as possible. And uh, it's been very challenging, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Who, who's helping you jump some of those hurdles? Uh, my son, my granddaughter, and also my daughter, mm -hmm. Sharina. Yes. And my, and my son's. Yeah. I have a 10 year old who's constantly trying to tell him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> he probably knows a, a great, great deal they, at, yes, at, a, yes, at 10. Yes, yes. Right. So he, I think it, it would be wonderful uh, to allow him to teach you because it would make him feel very important and very a key player in your, your readjustment. Mm -hmm. I think it would make him feel very pleased if he could do that for you. Yeah. So yeah. what, what have you, you managed to learn since uh, you've been out uh, since May? Uh, basically, just like scanning when they're going in the, uh, to the um, store, scanning oh, the, uh, right. the items. Right. Uh, a couple of times. Check I had out. A couple, yes, check out. I had a couple <laughs> right. times I was uh, a little confused and people was hollering, so I just asked them to have patience with me. Right. Uh, basically dealing with the cell phones, uh, dealing with the cell phones. Um, catching SEPTA. SEPTA, yes. Oh, oh, I, the um, the bus. Yes. Right? SEPTA. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, you know, certain things have changed now, and especially like even the the shape of them or how they were when he was actually home. Hmm. Um, then, too, we have like a, a, a system that you can bypass now that wasn't built at the time when he was home. Um, we have um, like a digital uh, locks. So now you have to put your digital locks in. He had to come accustomed to that and knowing sure. that information. Right. Have you done um, any traveling uh, locally within, you know, you're in Philadelphia, right? Yes. So yes. have I, you traveled by yourself? 
Uh, yes, I've been going to service. I've been going out looking for work. Yeah. I, I went to this uh to the Sixers game. My daughter and my son treated me to the Sixers games. Oh, great. So I went to go see the Sixers. Um, yes, I've been traveling down of uh, Center City. You've been out for the yes. sports. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so like my, my kids right now are um actively are heavily in sports. So we've been uh, my kids do travel like AAU service. So wherever we go, he goes. Oh, so that's if it's wonderful. in Maryland, if it's in you know, um, so like, for instance, my son uh, possibly may go to Florida in December for football. Wow. Going. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, wow. You Have you ever been on a plane? No, no, no never have. Never. Wow. So you have a lot of adventures ahead of you still, even yeah. though a lot of years have gone by. What, what kind of work um, are you possibly looking for? Uh, I'm basically looking for like a maintenance work. Uh, land landscaping, uh, you know, anything that you know that can make a living, right? And help help Sharina help, pay the yes. bills, right? Yes, right. pay the bills. Yes, oh, that's fantastic. And he doesn't even have to do that mm -hmm. as long as he's here. Right, that's <laughs> wonderful. We want to make a way. <laughs> now, uh, back to uh, Centurion. Have you had an opportunity through them to meet other exonerees that have traveled the path that you've traveled? Well, because of the COVID and um, what we're going through, uh, I haven't got, I met one exoneree, uh, but um, they're supposed to be having something either in December where we may, we may all come together. But I'd like to say a little bit about Centurion Ministry. Like, yes, uh, please. Uh, I, I met uh, Jim McCluskey. He's been very uh, helpful and um, came up to the prisons many times to interview me. Did he? Uh, Paul, yes, and I have been blessed to have Paul to represent me on a legal and a legal uh, system. Um, Alan, that did the investigation for Centurion Ministry, he's a private investigator. Alan mm -hmm. Yes, and he does the investigation. But um, everyone there at Centurion Ministry has been very, very uh, helpful and encouraging. Calling the secretary, and many times I have to make collect calls. They always accepted my collect calls. And, um, you know, I'm just truly thankful for Centurion Ministry. Did you, when you were inside, you you called them is what you're saying, right? Yes. Yeah. And yes. had to be collect, right? Yes. Collect yes. call, yes. And can I just add on to that? Sure, um, please. As well, um, just for anyone that, um, that may be tuning in that um, know of anyone that may need any help with um, coming home um, that's in prison, one of the things Centrarian explained and Jim said, they leave no stone unturned. Yes. They will do everything and possible with God's power that they're going to try to bring you home. Yeah. Um, don't give up. Don't lose faith. And one thing that I did like that Centrarian always showed they show compassion for me as well, as well as my my family, uh, my brother and my mother. Um, if we wanted to call and ask questions, we could call and ask questions. I played actively with um, with Alan uh, when he came here to do invest investigative work. Uh, if he needed me to get pictures, anything, they they included me in it, and it wasn't like they made the decisions specifically themselves. They wanted our advice they wanted to know how we felt and they incorporated all of that into it 
and even on times that you know I, I i got frustrated and cried and they cried with me oh. you know it wasn't just one-sided it, you know it, they really made us feel like family because we are that, that's right that you are it is a family any yes, any innocence project or organization um they are not uh the lawyers are not there for the money because the money is so much better out out here in private practice but mm -hmm. they do it because they love it and it, their passion to right or wrong uh, and it's it's a it's just a fantastic group of people. I attended a network conference. That's something you'll have to do, uh, Larry, in time. I think they probably canceled it due to the pandemic, but it's um, once a year and it's called the Innocence Network and Centurion is part of it. And it's um, representatives from every Innocence Project all around the world and the country. And the one I attended was in Florida in 2015. And it was it was phenomenal. So you meet hundreds of other people just like you, okay. and get to talk to them. And it's it, it, I believe that it's free. They pay your way. Yes. So uh, definitely ask Centurion when the next Innocence Network convention is coming. And maybe since we seem to be moving out of the pandemic. There'll be one soon. So yes, I will. I definitely will. Definitely do. So the challenges that you both face right now, what what would you say those challenges are for, at the moment? Uh, for me right now, it's just basically trying to find work. Uh, I would like to, you know, uh, have a job. Um, it's basically just um, trying to... Uh, just back into society uh as far as like everything is moving so fast yeah uh you know um and just trying to take baby steps to uh to learn new things that's that's ahead of me yeah i think uh, isn't patience with yourself so important yeah you yes. probably feel frustrated and you should know this but you don't and how would you ever have learned these things you yeah. you wouldn't have so so you can rely on those around you. So uh, that, and that, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to rely on your grandchildren, your your daughter, and they're certainly willing to help you. What yeah. What about you, Sharina? What are the challenges that you face now that your dad is out of prison and living with you? Um, well, I think for me, the biggest challenge that I have, um, with, I want him to have his own identity his own personality and what i mean by that is that um what other people tell him is not law so to question it to have your own opinion if you don't think that is right question it ask questions um you know typically when he was in prison they told him he couldn't do something that's he right. didn't question it can't now, right so now you know he's out and you know certain things people tell him he won't question so, you know, I always tell him, Dad, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, well, did you ask this? And sometimes it gets frustrating <laughs> for me because I'm like, Dad, you know, don't tell. And, you know, he's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you know, I have to remember that yeah. it's like it's, 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 it's just steps. It's steps that we have to take. But other than that, um, I don't really see anything really that frustrating besides that. I just want him to be comfortable. I want him to, you know, feel secure with what he's on. And I don't want him to go out and someone question him and something happens. 
and he's not equipped or prepared for what may happen. Right. Are you having to report to parole? No, I have no parole. Good. Good. That's good. So you can live your life without yeah. having to check in constantly with uh, the parole board or parole right. officer. That's wonderful. Well, we, we have come pretty much to the end of our time. And I think that it took a great deal of courage on your part, Larry, to join us today. I know you were a little nervous. And yes, I am. You, yes. you did beautifully. You did so well, both of you. You're a great team and it shows. And I, I wish you so much happiness and and just satisfaction in being out here and enjoying each day as it comes because uh, you know what the loss of freedom looks like and feels yeah. like and there's no price you can put on freedom. They're, yes. they're just, Thank they're you just, too for having us. And you're just very hearing, welcome. Hearing, hearing his story you know, means a lot. Well, it's it, it means so much to those who are listening to hear it firsthand. I mean, I could tell your story, but it's not the same. You you need to tell it because it's your story to tell. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wish you both um, a good life up ahead and enjoy uh, the moment. Enjoy your grandchildren mm -hmm. and enjoy learning all the things that look like hurdles or challenges. You, you will you will learn all yes. those things i'm sure you will in time be patient thank you. Yeah. thank you for your time today and thank you for being with us on pursuing justice and we will see you next time thanks thank for you. listening happy holidays yes thank, thank you. you you too thanks for listening to my podcast today you have been listening to pursuing justice on society bites radio and i'm your host harriet